0: G'day, and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM.
1: G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolliman, I'm the Aussie Pastor, coming to you from a rain sodden northwest Sydney. In (laughs) fact, if it was any more rain, we'd be in total, absolute, complete flood. We're only in semi-flood at the moment. Hunty? G'day, mate. I heard a little cackle over there. Yes, indeed. It's good to be here. Welcome to the program and what a sober... Yes, welcome to all our listeners. Yep. A sober, sombering week it is. Yes. The world has changed dramatically since we met last week on our program. Yes. Not the least uh, massive attack by the Russians on the Ukrainians. Mm, Very sad. And a world that is changing very, very swiftly. So I think without further ado, we're glad to have you, uh, our listeners, that we've got a good program. But before we even talk about that, I'd, I'd like to pray. Mm. I think that's appropriate. Yes. Lord Jesus, we've come to you on a really tough week for the world. Perhaps in our lifetimes, one of the toughest ever. With the world torn apart by war, threatened by nuclear destruction and other terrible things, we have awful floods here in Australia, Yet we come today and we seek a blessing from you. We pray even in this world of darkness and pain that we may see in this program today a little of the light that is you and the hope that only can come through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hunty, we're going to talk later in this program with... uh Harold Harker, yes, he's a regular on this program. In fact, he's just come back from holidays and usually he talks to us about an inspiring story from the Reformation days. Yes. But he has actually had a lot to do with the Ukraine and Russia. Mm, He's been there many times. So he's going to talk to us about that conflict, what it means see whether there's any biblical uh, parallels that we should be looking at and uh, find that very interesting. We also have Simon... Gigliotti. Yes. How to do with that. You're good. He's our resident youth speaker, presenter, pastor. He comes on the radio with us quite a bit, and he's going to talk to us about some pretty important challenges young people face. Like we, we, we hope. We hope. Well, is there
2: a problem? And I say we hope because he's stuck in floodwater traffic right now. I just spoke to him on the phone before we went on air, and he's heading back to his house where we are set up to do the interview from his computer at home. Fingers crossed he makes it. If not, I might have to play musical chairs well, with well, the run sheet.
1: If, if not, Hunty's already told me that he's <laughs> going to sing a couple of songs for us. And so we'll look forward to that from you, Hunty. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, music oh dear. music from Andrew Hunt. Um, yeah, look, we, we're actually right now under threat of a flood, Yep, aren't we? We are. Um, in fact, straight after this radio program, I've got to rush out to my farm. Remember a couple of years ago I had to rush out and defend it Yes, from fire. fire yes. Now I've got to rush out and defend it yep. from flood. I actually have a bad feeling about this one. It's, well,
2: the doomsdays are predicting a one in 500 year flood. Yeah, I don't
1: like that. Mm. Um, what's worrying me a bit, now not too much because I know we serve the Lord and he's got us, but the ground is already sodden. Yep. You and I were out there, we've had a pretty busy day already, we're out yes, there shooting this yep. for a program, this, uh, yep. this morning we're shooting for a program that we're doing, actually that'll go up tomorrow night, won't it? Yes. Um, a short, short Bible study on... On Matthew. Three things you need to know at the end of time. Pretty yep. good series actually. It's really good. In fact, if you want to see it, go to Velsi Pastor Facebook
2: page, it's really well worth a look. The,
1: the first two are
2: already up. first two are already up. What are yep. they called? Last night went up, it was on... Um, What's it called?
1: How What...
2: Uh, I'm trying to remember yes. myself
1: It's such a big long title It's a big title I'm going to call it out uh, hunty, hunty actually begged me not to use <laughs> my, this title. How to be ready for Jesus and what to do, do while you're waiting. waiting That's it, part one, part two, part three <laughs> It was so big you could barely get it <laughs> That's in That's right but, but getting back to um, but The rain Yeah, I've got to rush out yep. tonight to defend my place In case yep. it does flood Because we have a lot of expensive equipment out there We do And um, We have a prayer meeting tonight for Russia-Ukraine. We do. And if I don't make it to the prayer meeting, who will be leading it? Pastor Hunty.
2: <laughs>
1: that will definitely yes. that will definitely be He'll be uh, Actually there's two problems with me on the farm tonight. Number yep. one, I'm not convinced I'll have internet. Yep. You know what it's like. If we get a slight That's breeze right. out there, yep. let alone a flood, yep. the internet and the power and the power. I'll be without internet and power. That's right. Which Caveman is, Lloyd. Yeah. Oh well you know what? I'm gonna buy a torch on the way out. <laughs> yeah, good. Or lend one from you yep, so you that one. if that happens I can at least read and I do have some good books out there. That's good. As I wait for the flood. Hey, can I plug our um, Ask the Aussie Pastor segment? Is there anything else we
2: missed out before you go? No, we've got uh, good guests, good music, and we've got a segment called Ask the Aussie Pastor coming up. Actually, we
1: have some questions already in for that. We
2: already have some good ones in for that, but I'd like to still give it a plug if that's all right. Okay, yep. If you'd like to have your questions sorted out this afternoon or any afternoon on Ask the Aussie Pastor, you can send your questions to us via text or SMS on 0488 double eight zero eight five one, or you can email your questions to us, and the email address is info at AussiePastor.com.
1: Hey, Hunty, is yeah. there time today to get questions
2: in, or are we full? Ah, uh, no, we're not full. We'd love to hear from you today if you'd like to How ask some questions. How many questions have we got left that you could get into, you reckon? Ah, uh, um. It is can, filling up, we, got, we got space. So yeah, please. Okay, we've got space. Definitely, All definitely.
1: Right. Yeah, okay. All well, righty. Okay, well, again, welcome to the program today. And as I say every week, I hope and pray that as we go through today's subjects, and some of them are dark, some of them are really positive. As we go through them, I just pray that you'll see a clearer glimpse of how beautiful Jesus is.
0: You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You'd think with news this
1: week, Hunty, we'd go straight to Ukraine, Russia, but we're not going to. We're not. No, and I'll tell you why. Yep. Because we've got Pastor Harker coming on. We do. He is a Ukraine, Russian specialist. How he many is. times do you reckon he's been there? Take a guess. We'll have to ask him. But I would have to. I'd have to guess ten or twenty.
2: I would have said thirty. Wow. But I'll bet you you're probably right because you know him. I'm and... seeing him on the on
1: the re-
2: remote monitor. He's
1: smiling. That means yeah. one of us is right. <laughs> <laughs> I know his friend uh John Carter, who we tried to get him on, didn't we? We did. We should have
2: had him on today, but he's on a plane right now heading
1: to the yeah, US. Yeah, so we missed him. So, yeah. so nothing about Ukraine, Russia. That's coming up, and I think you're going to find it very interesting. But yep. we are having a flood. Man, are we having a flood? You know, I got bogged mowing my lawn. Uh, the other day, my
2: front lawn is so wet, just pushing the mower I got bogged. Not the mower, me. <laughs>
1: the mower or you? No, me. Uh, I, I could comment on that, but I, I won't, ex- except to say, uh, yes, a little bit of exercise. I'm still on my diet. A little much more exercise for all of us would, would not hurt. Um, I saw a picture, and you saw it too, Hunty. Yep. A video, actually. Here's an Eastern Brown. Now, I know a little bit about Eastern Browns, because a lot of Eastern Browns out at my, mm, my farm. I don't like them. No, they're fairly aggressive, mm-hmm. poisonous, one of the most Deadly poisonous. poisonous snakes in the world. In the and, world. and they're aggressive. Yep. You remember the story I told you about the, the, yep. the Eastern Brown going across my paddock and it saw me on the tractor? Yep. I'll come after you. He did. Mm. This thing was 200 metres away from me. It turned and it charged. I was on the tractor with a slasher. Now, we live in a country where I can't tell the end of that story. No. 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 And I won't tell the end of that story. No. But it didn't... Work out well for the snake. Well, I'm still here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the snake, that one, he was a goer. Now, this Eastern Brown is is in a water tank in the middle of this flood. Obviously, it's fallen into the water tank, the poor thing. Yep. And on the back of this Eastern Brown (laughs) uh two mice and a frog. Now the interesting thing is, guess what eastern browns eat? Yeah, that's their main diet. That's right. Mice. Not so much frogs, but mice. mice. And here's these two mice, fair dinkum, they're on the back of this eastern brown. It just reminded me again that when things are tough, even enemies will join together to save each other. Now, wow. I, I will say this, did you look at the the, the, the face of that eastern brown? <laughs> yeah, he very, did not look very happy. No, he was not happy. And I just don't know <laughs> the longevity of those two Sorry. mice, but I think today it wouldn't hurt us. We can laugh about the eastern Brown and the frogs and the mice. Yep. We need to just set a little bit of time apart to remember our fellow Aussies. Yep. Thousands of them. Yeah. I just saw a picture of Walmart, the entire town it seems is underwater. Yes. Devastating. Devastating. I know that we've got Adventist, the Adventist church at Wollombar is under, and we both know that church reasonably well, right under, right up to the windowsills. And that's a beautiful church, that one. I thought we were using it as a staging ground Paul. Paul, no, that was a, that that was the church in Lismore. Oh, okay. Um, Paul Fo's school. Yep. Uh, what's it called? Um, Your Mount. Um, um the, the Adventist yeah, College. Tweed Valley. Paul, Tweed Valley Adventist College. Great school. Uh, uh, at least two classrooms are under oh, there. Oh dear. Um and I know many many people's houses are are under, and if you're out there and you're being impacted and affected by this. Flood, God bless you, God Mm. keep you, and we're thinking and praying for you, and, Mm. you know, the sun will shine again. Sometimes it's hard to believe, but the sun will shine again, and God will see you through. Yep. What about this one? Again, the flood. Two two blokes in a a tinny in Lismore. Now, Lismore, uh, it's pretty incredible that Lismore's gone under Mm. too. Mm. Now, Lismore's not that far from Wollongbutt. No. And this is where the Lismore Adventist Church actually has set up a centre of meeting where people can come. Uh, and, and I think that's really cool. You know, the church is mm. helping; they're supplying hot yeah, drinks hot and drinks, meals, food. and kind of a staging post where the SES is there and they're helping people find accommodation yep. or, or or whatever. But there's two guys in Lismore, and the SES ran out of boats to rescue people. They've gone around these two guys in their tinny. Now I wouldn't suggest that. You and I had a, a <laughs> yeah, conversation about this earlier, didn't we? Yes. Because I got a tinny, and Hunty says, "Oh, just give me the tinny, and if you run out of food or something, I'll get in the tinny and yeah, I'll come and some food. Yep. But but there is a rule, isn't there, when it comes to floods? Yes, stay out of the water. Stay out of the water. Yep. Um. I I, I was uh, and but these guys didn't follow this rule. No. Two of them they've gone and rescued over twenty five people. God bless them. Incredible good news story that it isn't is. it? It is twenty five people uh, they're rescued. Hunty, don't rescue me. Don't worry about me. <laughs> don't worry about me, mate. Um. The floods have never made my shed. We just don't know how that's going to go, do we? No, I think we um, think we survived a one in a hundred year flood just recently. Yeah, but that, that they're saying, "What did you say? One, one in five hundred year." I don't know how they can tell five hundred years that they weren't here for five hundred years. But yeah, interesting, anyway. interesting. Um, Another news story I picked up today, um neurodegeneration linked to repetitive he- head injuries found in the brains of former Australian sports players, especially ones that use their head. Yes. Um, I'm yes. talking rugby league, AFL. And yep. you know, you might, might be surprised. Yeah, boxing's a big one. Football, soccer. Mm. You know, when you head the ball? Really? Yeah. I did um, not know that. Um, you know, I used to play rugby league. I'll never forget one game we played. It was the first game of the season. You're all psyched up for it, you know. Yep. And I was playing lock, and lock is a is is at the back of the scrum, and it's a fairly big tackling position. And we kicked off. It was literally the first tackle of the season. I took it, and there was a bloke who weighed about 300 tonne Uh-oh. and was about 30 feet tall, and <laughs> this guy oh, charged me. Oh, and I took him low, and he must have whacked me with his knee yep, in the that head. Happens. It just... He came down on top of me yep. uh, and it was a hard tackle. He felt it, I know that, but it literally knocked me senseless. And That's for five sad. minutes, I didn't know where I was. Well, what's been happening is men and women who play these sports where their heads are used, and, you know, in rugby league, we were always getting head mm. head bangs. Yep. Same thing happens in AFL. Boxing, terrible. I've never done boxing. Have you? Nope. no but terrible injuries to the head in boxing. And what happens is they're getting these brain degenerative diseases where they actually lose all function of their body. And more than that, it seems to injure their personalities, Hunty. It does. In a very serious way. Agreed. Well, you know what they found out in this news article? What's that? They got 17 players of different ages. They donated their brains to science. Yep. Now, some of these players died fairly young. The ones who died young, before their careers were over, were already showing destructive elements of contact sport in the brain. Wow. They were already showing damage. Wow. And this is before they'd even retired. And it makes you wonder whether the days of contact sport are over.
2: Well, the NRL's just changed their rules again this year to try and give better protection for, for people's well, What heads. are they doing? They're bringing in a doctor and a panel now to assess if if a player is allowed to play on if after they've had a a hard oh, no, tackle. That,
1: you're a great rugby league follower, mate. Yes, I am. am yeah, that's been in for years. Well, they're adding, they're strengthening that
0: position oh, this year. Okay.
1: <laughs> Thing is, if I had kids, I do have kids. That's right. Four. Had, yeah, two girls, two boys. None of them were interested in contact sport. Good. But if I grew up again, I would seriously have stayed away from contact sport. I've had to, through just rugby league, football itself, and basketball a bit actually, had to rebuild my ankle. Yep. Complete rebuild. Yep. I've had my knee operated on six times in the last and time it was replaced. Yep. And as you know, I've got pretty massive damage in both shoulders. Yep. One of them's still an inch or two apart. Oh, well, that's, that's another injury. <laughs> <laughs> my wife said, I felt, I think I told our view, our listeners and viewers the other day, I, f- I fell off the trailer and had a rotor cuff injury, which had two muscles in my shoulder split apart. Mm-hmm. And this last one, Hunty, it seems to be, um, more and more prevalent, and we talked about it before, It warnings are out there that confirm that Australia is going to have bigger droughts and bigger floods, more intense storms, more intense cyclones because of global warming. Now, yep. we can argue, you and me, about yep. global warming. I think I'm probably a bit more partial to it or to the idea of the concept than you, although you're not totally against it, but you're a genuine bona fide um, thinking sceptic. Would that be fair to say? They've got to prove to you that... The science, the that I, that
2: I believe in the science I've seen so far.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and they they talk about um, less snow. Yep. How the increased heat from the sun is going to destroy coral. Yes, and they're now talking about how, in the not too distant future, Australian children won't be able to play sport outside.
2: We've all we've almost at the point where there's no coming back. It seems so. Mm, very sad.
1: And people argue about global warming. I don't argue with anyone on global warming. It's just one of those areas I don't argue on climate change. Because I believe this. You can, you can argue on the, on the ins and outs of climate change. I know a lot of our listeners don't believe in it. But what you can't argue with is what the Bible says. That at the end of time, the Bible says very clearly, the Bible will The Bible says the world will wax old like a garment. Yep. And I think that's what we're seeing. I agree. So when you see the wars, there's some terrible wars. When you see the floods, there's some terrible floods. And when you see the threats of climate change and the impact that's going to have on food production and even just livability, I think when you look at all these things together and then you go and read chapters in the Bible like Matthew 24 and Luke 21 – and if you haven't read them, go read those chapters. Yep. And if you're going to read Matthew 24, read Matthew 25. That's what our latest series is about, Hunter. That's you? right. You're talking about it before. Yes. But I think when we see all these things happening, we can look up, we can look east, because I think soon we're going to see Jesus come.
0: Mm. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Now, Hunter,
1: I think this is another big week for you. Yes, it's a big week too. So- I've chosen all the songs again. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. (laughs) Lloyd, somewhere, when I had my Apple computer updated, (laughs) I don't know what happened, Hunty, but I've lost every song that that, uh, Faith FM allows us to to use. So Hunty's still got them, and uh, so he's chosen them. So I I, I know this first song. Yeah, it's a really It's It's one of my favourite songs, yeah. yeah.
2: It's entitled Ancient Words, and it's... um. Performed and written by Keith Lancaster. Enjoy.
1: It's A beautiful rendition to a, a, a wonderful song talking about the Bible Um, want to welcome our first guest today His name is Harold Harker He's a regular on the program How are you, Harold?
2: Oh, hang on hey. Let me just get him on hey. Hang on a hey. tick All right, let's do that again G'day, Harold
3: Hi there It's great to be with you
1: Now, you've been away up north In fact, way, way up north Is that correct?
3: Way up north in Tans And it was hot and sticky And... And you really just—it was hot. Was it really
1: hot? Was it? <laughs> tell, us bit, tell us about the air conditioning. Uh, there was air conditioning we
3: needed
2: to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're up there with family. And Harold told me yesterday the air conditioning wasn't working.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a very tragic situation. When we're, at, we're when we've been on the road, we've been known to change hotels because of that, uh, Harold. That's we don't right. like that
3: it was working just a little
1: but it could have been better yeah okay looked earlier this week uh, well last week late last week actually Russia invaded Ukraine um, it's probably been in my lifetime the biggest war that I've seen um, seems to be perhaps going a lot a bit longer than a lot of us thought as Russia's getting bogged down against a very determined Ukrainian army and people, in fact, surprisingly de- determined um, people. And I just thought there are two guys I think of when I think of Russia and Ukraine living here in Australia. There's John Carter and then there's you, Harold Harker. You have both, you you are comrades in arms, can I say it like that? You you work together, you and John Carter, have done for many years. You have a background in both Russia and Ukraine. Can you just tell us briefly about that background?
3: Well, it was in 1992 John Carter invited me to go and prepare for a big program in in the in Russia, in Old Gorky, and uh, I was there for three weeks on my own, just with an interpreter. In those days, you had to take everything with you. You could buy practically nothing in the shops. You queued you for a loaf of bread if you were lucky, and so we took everything: powdered milk and wheat mix, and you name it. But the last time. They have everything there. So, so, you, so that, been, that, was,
1: that was the beginning of you going to Russia and Ukraine for a number of what? Great big outreach programs that you did with John Carter. Is that correct?
3: Yes, and I even did uh, started one over a weekend and then went back for a longer time twice and ran programs myself.
1: Okay, so how many times have you been to Russia and Ukraine?
3: I've been to Russia about 12 times, and I've been to Ukraine about six or so. Uh, I started off in Russia, and John Carter asked me to manage many of his programs over there. I didn't do every one, but I've done a lot of them, and I've come to love the Russian people and the Ukrainian people. Tell
1: us about the Russians. How did
3: you find them? I found them very welcoming. In fact, I remember the first time I was there, the leader of the church there said, look, we're going to this town of Cheboksary. We're going to run a mission. And I said, that's great. He said, would you like to come? It's just a four-night one over a weekend. I said, I'd love to come. He said, you're going to be the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I didn't bring it easy. You've got a Bible and you've got a mouth. You're the speaker. And uh, we ran a program, and let me tell you, the Russians were so eager to hear about the Bible. As soon as the door opened, they raced in and filled the hall from the front seat to the back and standing room, and we started a church in Cheboksary as a result. Um, in fact, you
1: and John Carter ran outreach programs there that attracted thousands and thousands of people, am I correct?
3: That's correct. When John ran in, in uh, uh, Russia... They even tried to break the doors down because the place was full and they couldn't get in. And when he was in Kiev, they, they even stopped the train because the, the place was just packed.
1: Now, tell me about the Ukrainians. Are, are they, and we're Aussies, so we're a long way away from all of this. Are the Ukrainians and the Russians the same people or are they actually different tribes?
3: They're, they're similar, but there are big differences as well. Uh, they have a similar language, but there are a number of letters in the Ukrainian language that are not in the Russian and vice versa. When the Ukrainians speak, it's a little softer sound than the Russian speaking, but the Ukrainians are noted to uh, just get to the really and be you know, an- anxious to, to put their view first. Actually,
1: um, I was interested. You're talking about the the subtle differences in language. One of the ways the Ukrainians are telling the difference between them and Russians is they'll ask them to say a a, a, a certain word. I think it's 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 the word for bread, and the Russians can't pronounce it the same way as the Ukrainians are. So then the Ukrainians That's can tell if they're Russian agents or or soldiers in there. Um, when you were there, did you notice any tensions between the two people?
3: Well, you have to think of the history. Ukraine has been invaded by Russia time after time in the past. And so it's become an enemy, and yet when Russia was in control, they all spoke Russian. And so they speak Russian and Ukrainian in Ukraine, but there is that little animosity. Why is this people from Russia keep coming and invading our country and the Ukrainians have a lot. This is our country. Let me give you one big example. Yeah. Back in about 1932, 33 Stalin was introducing the five day five year plan for collectivization of all the farms. And there was a famine right through Russia. Ukraine and Russia are some of the biggest wheat producers in the world. Yeah, correct. And when this famine was there, Russia made the Ukrainians send their wheat back to Russia while the Ukrainians were starving. Ah. Now, they were starving in Russia too. But how would you be when you've grown it and then you see it all disappear? That leaves an angst there. In those people who say this is our country, and I can understand their resistance, and I don't think that Putin and his soldiers expected the uh, resistance from the Ukrainians this time.
1: The ferocity of the resistance. Yeah. Did it? Having visited both countries and know both peoples well and love both peoples. Yeah. Did the resistance and the ferocity of the Ukrainian resistance, has that surprised you or is it something that you kind of expected before this blew up if it, if, if it were to go ahead?
3: Well, we all thought with the Russia amassing so many tanks, helicopters and people, soldiers, all the way around the country on three sides, we would have thought they would have walked over. But the Ukrainians stood their ground and the last I heard they really haven't taken any major city completely yet.
1: It actually is a bit worrying because you see that with um, Europe, the United States, we see even now Australia um, rushing arms into the Ukrainians. This could go for some time yet. It may not be the uh, the walkover that the Russians and might have hoped for.
3: That's that's true. But the people there are great people in both countries, the people themselves. I'm not talking about the leaders. And I saw in the paper this morning, they said Putin might be starting to go senile. But they said he's doing this, that the craziest things, but the people are lovely people. Let me tell you one story. I heard from, I think it was a church in Lviv, in the west of Ukraine, the Russian soldiers, they ran out of petrol And they didn't know where to go and they were hungry asking for food and some of our members were giving them food because they needed it. That's the love of Jesus that touches hearts.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. And you, you hope and pray that the Christian church stand in Russia and Ukraine stand together through this. In fact, it warms my heart when you see that there are thousands and thousands of Russians protesting in the streets against this war. So to, for the press to depict it as a Russia versus Ukraine thing is not completely how it is because there are a lot of Russians who do feel a genuine brotherhood to the Ukrainians and back at them, you know. That's Um, for sure. Now, you talked about the differences in language. Are there differences in culture and custom and religion of the the two groups?
3: Both countries have the Eastern Orthodox religion, uh, and Ukrainians have a little bit more Slavic influence. Russia has some too, but Russia has more Eastern ones. And so you have a little difference in food. The Russians will eat more of an Eastern one whereas the Ukrainians are more Slavic. Uh, which is, so which get, is
1: kind of from the south, isn't it, coming up? You're talking Croatia, west. Serbia, yeah. Uh, yeah. Montenegro, those sorts of – even Poland. So, well, you see, they,
3: they're, they're, that's on their western borders. That's right, that's they, right. you uh, naturally influenced by those around you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how does the gospel and how does how did the gospel go in Russia and Ukraine when you first went there? And I'm talking specifically the Protestant gospel, the Adventist gospel. How did that go and how is it going now?
3: Well, Lloyd, it went like this. When John Carter was first asked to go and he ran a little program in, in Moscow in 91, and then he was asked to go to uh, Gorky, and run a program there if he was going to run another one. And so he booked the hall. Did you know that after the program, when people were trying to push the doors down to get in, so many wanted to be baptized, he baptized a couple of thousand there, and the Russian army even took their semi-trailers down for a, (laughs) a platform and erected the tents for the people to change for their baptism. Uh, Uh, Let me me tell you another one about Ukraine. Uh, The Eastern Orthodox Church didn't like John Carter coming to Ukraine and he was going to run a big program in Kiev. Which is right now is
1: that major city under attack. It is. Yeah.
3: And in that place the Archbishop said he'll do this over my dead body and a week later he's dead. And he was buried under the footpath. He was because they wouldn't let him bury him in the church, so they dug up the footpath and buried him there. But the gospel has come through, and I have seen the thousands upon thousands of people who were communists, who became Christians, who loved the Lord and are waiting for his return. I just hope and pray for my brothers and sisters in both Ukraine and Russia.
1: Yeah, um, there are about 45,000 Adventists in Russia and maybe about 55,000 in Ukraine talking about the church I belong to now that you belong to, Harold. Would yep. it be fair to say that a lot of them are there because of the ministry of both um, John Carter and yourself? Is that, would that be a fair well, comment? I
3: wouldn't say all of them by a long way, but John Carter has certainly he has been 49 times to Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, and run many programs and gone back to visit them. I went back in the middle of winter once to mi- visit with them. and uh, But there are others. We had, uh, when I was in leadership here, we had five conferences send local Adventists over there to run programs. And yep. Americans have run programs too. So there have been a lot of programs run, uh, not just John Carter, although he made probably Gorky become the Adventist centre of Russia. And Kiev, the baptism was the biggest one since Christianity ever came to Ukraine.
1: That's incredible. My dad went there, and I think he went there as a result of John Carter. That's Um, right. he, um, He talked about the hall being so full they couldn't fit them in, and the KJB had to turn up to help control the crowds. And the KJB right. were actually in the program, watching the program, and some of them gave their hearts to Jesus. So amazing. Th- those those days, I guess it was, what, the 80s and 90s? The, the 90s, and, and John went
3: there first in 91. So it was the 90s and the, just after the two thousand. They were heady days for the gospel in Ukraine and Russia, weren't they? Um, and and the, let me tell you why it has changed a little. Yep. In those days, you couldn't get anything in the shops. I asked for some flat black paint for our blackboards. They said, through the interpreter, what do you mean flat paint? You run over it with your car. (laughs) And I said, take me to the paint shop. They said, we didn't have a paint shop. And they had three tins in it like a a little store and that was their whole paint and it was black and white. That was all. So that's all changed though, hasn't it? And now it's completely changed, and when um people have got used to everything, then that has taken away the love of the to get to know Jesus so they've become more secular and, you, and
1: westernized like
3: us secularization has taken place do you um expect the war
1: to change the church? Will there be tensions between the russian and the and the Ukrainian church, or do you think and, and, um, there's an honest question, or do you think the blood of Christ is enough?
3: Well, I hope that, I think the blood of Christ will keep the church together, but how it will be, it will depend on the country's relationships. I understand there's going to be peace talks on the Belarus border, but uh, where, what happens, I hope peace comes, I'm praying for peace. Uh, we know that 100,000 or more have already fled Ukraine, and they expected to go to the millions, mm. and obviously many church members will have left too, mm. but it's mainly the women and children who are fleeing, the men have been told to stay there and fight.
1: Actually, it's and amazing how universally the men are staying there and fighting, and not just that. They're flooding into the country. Ukrainians are coming back from all around the world to fight. I, I read a story this morning about a um, guy who who worked for a Russian billionaire in Germany. Did you pick that up? And he no. he actually he was the engineer of the boat, and he sank it over there in Majorca. Oh. And when he oh, wow. when he sank the boat, he was arrested. And he said, "Well, this Russian oligarch—I think that's how you say it—oligarch, Olig- yeah however." he's making weapons to to um to kill ukrainians and he says uh, i'm going back and the police released him and he's, he's gone back into ukraine i see that it's quite troublesome australian ukrainians are going home to fight it's 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 yep. it's really on and for for whatever reasons the ukrainians really do need seem to be stirred up how, how do you with your experience over there how do you view this will all end or do you really don't know
3: I really don't know, but I know there is only one answer. Jesus is the king of peace, and the only real peace will come when people accept Jesus and follow his rules. And I would pray for peace. I pray for our church members. I pray for the countries. But war is always horrible. It's never good, and it never has a good result.
1: You know what? I'm one of these guys who often wakes up at night, Harold. And I'll be awake for half an hour, hour or more, you know. And I pray oh, for right. a few things. I pray for my dad, who's not too well. I pray for my church at New Hope. Pray for Hunty and our ministry here. I've been praying also for Russia and Ukraine.
3: Russia and Ukraine.
1: Uh, I think there are many beautiful people in both countries. And You're right. what we're seeing is an unfolding end time tragedy. And the sad thing is, I think we might see more of it before Jesus comes. Last question. What is your message to us Aussies, all Australians who are watching on as this brutal war is fought?
3: While we're so far away, but we should still be praying for peace and working for it, there is no place for people to fight people and I think that we should be praying as Aussies, helping the... Naturally, we go to help the ones who are besieged. The Ukrainians probably have more of our of our thoughts now and our prayers than the Russians do. But let's let's be friends to all people that pray for peace.
1: Actually, Hunty and I were talking earlier this morning, the Russians are copping it, though, yep. with sanctions, people losing their life yeah. savings. Yep. Um, even, interest the, rates, even the
2: Swiss banks have frozen their funds now. Yeah,
1: interest rates have gone up 20% overnight. They're HNs struggling. Banks are being struggling off. to buy food everyone's running the banks and trying to get cash. There's chaos in Russia, and I think not only do the Ukrainians who are in war um, need our prayers, I think we need to pray for the Russians too. Yep. yep. Uh, Amen. Yeah well thank you Harold and appreciate that very much. We'll probably have you back in the next week or two uh in your regular slot uh, talking to us about the reformation and great heroes of old but perhaps um we might get an update from you now and again on how things even as this war settles down and all wars do do sure. end they do they do come to an end. And once things I start yeah, once things settle down, we might talk to you more about what's going on over there because I know that both you and uh, John Carter have an inside um, link to the, both those countries.
0: Thank you, Pastor. You. God You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I feel,
1: um, I feel that's a very sobering subject. Very. Yeah. Um. And, and you know we're from the west Hunter you and me we're boys from the west born in the west yep. bred in the west we've got western blood in us and it's easy just to jump onto the Ukrainian side here yep. Um. especially with our media the way it is and I suppose our instincts go to the Ukrainians who are the underdogs here and we, we're praying that that somehow they'll be able to resist and survive, but yep. the reality is, both those beautiful peoples in those great nations, Russia and Ukraine, they are suffering, aren't yeah, they? I'm praying for both sides. Yeah, they are suffering, They're and su- there's a lot of Russian boys that are going to go back in body bags that never chose to go there. Mm. They don't have a choice, and they don't support what's going on as well. No, it's it's just a very very sad situation, and it, you know, with the the nuclear weapons coming into it. Yesterday or the other day, it really does lift the tension and what's going on over there. Mm. Let's pray. I, I think as Christians, the one thing we can do is pray, pray, pray. Which is why in our church we're having a prayer meeting tonight oh, just, just for the just Russians, just for the Russians and the, and the Ukrainians means. in this awful war. Yep. Okay, Hunter. Another um, w- one of my favorite songs. Well, even before you do that, mate. Yes. I'm not that I want. I'm not. I'm not hauling you up on purpose. No, I'm no. being very respectful today. Yes. Um, imagine that. Ask the Aussie Pastors coming up.
2: Yeah, that's our next segment. But And there's still time to send in Is your there? questions. Yes. Do you check during I'm, the songs? I'm live right now on all of our platforms watching for questions.
1: So if you wanted to ask a question.
2: Yep, now's your chance. Okay. Here's how you do it. You can text them to us on 0488 880 or you can email your questions to us, info at
1: aussiepastor.com. Now, before you introduce the next song, is there any uh, sign of Simon, the youth leader, yet? Uh, We are chatting.
2: He's got computer problems. We are chatting uh, in (laughs) the quiet here. No guarantees yet that we're going to get this guy. At the very least, it'll be a telephone interview. Okay. So, Anyway, this next song, written by Michael Card, he's a guy we like to play. We love his music. And he wrote this song for Amy Grant, one of my favourite singers, and it's entitled El Shaddai. Now, El Shaddai, according to my Wikipedia, Wikipedia Googling, means God Almighty. And um, be, before you play that yeah, song, yep.
1: Wikipedia is your go-to information source, isn't it? Oh, I do like a bit of Wikipedia. Yeah, I <laughs> knew you, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we have an argument about something Hunty's off to wiki. To the wiki, that's right Usually usually losing, I might add, too <laughs> Okay,
2: Hunty Says the loser El Here we go, I. El Shaddai El
1: Shaddai
4: El Shaddai El el, Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai El Hamkanah Adonai We will praise and lift you high El Shaddai through your love and through the realm, you save the Son of Abraham. Through the power of your hand, turn the sea to dry. Power. Shaddai, El Shaddai, En Adonai, age to age you're still the same.
1: happened to Amy Grant uh, Hunty? I haven't. She she had a very
2: fantastic Christian spiritual music career then she doubled into secular yeah, and
1: crossover music
2: and she's back doing Christian music as well now.
1: Okay, so you still hear her on Still
2: hear and see her, yep. Mm-hmm. I still have her in my heart as one my, of my favourite my, singers. My
1: Christian music probably goes about as far as the Gaither <laughs> singers and that sort of stuff. Got it. Our church is kind of modelled around that, isn't it? Um, the Gaither. By yes, the way, you know what, yes. Hunty? This Sabbath at New Hope, if you're in Northwest Sydney and you're not doing anything, come to New Hope at uh, 10 a.m. We start our worship yep, service. I'm going to talk about Russia and Ukraine, and I'm going to talk about what Paul the Apostle had to say about this. Well,
2: let me tell you where we are then: Samuel Place, Quakers Hill, in the four,
1: Life Four Samuel Place in the Life
2: Anglican Church Centre. Did you know
1: it was four? Four Samuel Place. Next Plakers to the BP Hill.
2: and the Aldi. I'm asking again, did you know it was four? Number four? It <laughs> actually <laughs> says two in the... Uh, is it you, two? You, no, it is four, but it says two in Google. Uh, don't confuse the folks. It's but trust two. me, if you can find the BP and you can you'll find the, the, the Aldi, church. you'll see a
1: giant church. And I'm going there, to talk so. about, specifically I'm going to talk about Russia and Ukraine and what the Apostle Paul had to say about this war. And I'll tell you what, it'll blow you away.
2: Interesting you to say that. One of the first questions I've got for you in Ask the Aussie Pastor segment is about that.
1: Well, you know what? Um, I think that when we're preaching, teaching Bible, we need to be current. Yep. And the Bible does have something to say on this wall. Sure does. And it's, it's – when I – was thinking about this and the Lord led me to this subject I'm going to preach on Sabbath. And again, worship starts at ten A. M. Come yeah, along. Come There's along. room in our church. Plenty Actually our church room. is pretty full, but there is room in the plenty it, isn't of room, there? plenty of space. Plenty of room in the family. Absolutely. Um it just it blew me away what I found about what the Apostle Paul said. Is had that to the say. book of
2: Revelation you're talking about? No, it's no. not okay no, to not. the weekend yeah, then to yeah. see what you have to say. Hey um let's get into it. Let's get into it. Well surprisingly the first question is if your homeland was attacked by an enemy nation, your family under threat, would you go to war to defend them? Would you? Yes. Yeah,
1: I would. But, listen to me, Yes. I would go as Desmond Doss. <laughs> so I would do my duty for my country, but I would go as a non-combatant medic. Yep. And so as a servant of the Lord, I would go to bring life, not death. And I would go to bring light, not not darkness. So I would do my duty. Does that make sense, Hunty? It does. Would I? I, I, w- I would do my duty, but the, you will never find me in a combat role breaking. I think it's the sixth commandment: "Thou shalt not kill."
2: Would I? Would I be in trouble if I went into the army to do techie things like espionage and satellite photograph photography and things?
1: Uh, look, I don't know. You, you know, there are Christians in the armed forces. Yep. Um, we we have Christians in our church in the air force. Two of them. We do, yeah, uh, yeah. I I baptised a bloke in the air force a couple of years ago, and he was a wing commander out there at uh, Richmond. Yep, you remember we that? Do um Top bloke. Yeah, he's a good bloke. Well, he's a Qantas pilot now. Wow, he gets his sabbaths off. Believe it or not. Hey, um, I just think that that it's a personal thing. But I'd like to stick to the letter of scripture. Yep. And so I'm going, yes, I would definitely stand up to defend my country, but it would be as a medic. And my dad did that. He was, as you know, he was in the Australian army, later went to serve the American army. and uh, the Australian army he was a medic and the American army, he's chaplain. Right. Yeah. So I could even go as a chaplain, right? So, so that's the, that shall not kill for you. It is. And I'm pretty stern on that. Good. Yeah. Good. I right. mean, how could I go to war? Say we went to war against, uh, New Zealand. Our, New Zealand. New Zealand. We might, do that all the time with footy. <laughs> <laughs> I might change my mind about taking up a gun there, the, the especially <laughs> after a, a footy match. Oh, look, mate, I I, I I, could not imagine looking across at the enemy through the sights of a gun and shooting a fellow Christian
2: dead. Do you know how many hours the American government puts their soldiers into simulated... 3D video games killing oh, it'll people be a lot hundreds and hundreds of hours to prepare them for the, and give them the skill to actually kill someone when they're on the battlefield because it's against human nature
1: I'm thinking that 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 probably came about that question because of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia oh, there's
2: another one long, oh, I'm, expe- next, I'm expecting a few today the very next question is yeah. can Christians take sides in the Ukraine
1: Russia war uh, look I think you can have sympathies one side or the other. but well, I think you've got to be very careful, and I have to be careful here, hunty, because yep. I think sometimes I go across the line. Because I'm a passionate fellow, you know that, hunty. <laughs> As we and both sometimes are. Sometimes I have too much to say. Yep. And the Lord's convicted me of that through the years, and it's, it's very hard for me to hold back my views on certain things. I have views on this Ukrainian-Russian um, war. Um You can definitely have sympathies, but you must never, if you are a Christian, compromise your calling to advance the cause of Christ. And if your sympathies for one side or the other is compromising that calling to share Christ, then you better have, a if you're a Christian, a good hard look at yourself. Because, and this is part of my sermon on Sabbath, we belong to another kingdom. Yep. That is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And while these kingdoms on earth fight and war and perish, we are calling people out of it. You know, you think of, think of Paul the Apostle. He never ever went at the Romans for attacking the Germans of his day, and yet they were, and they were a conquering people, the Romans, doing some awful things to their neighbours. He called people out into, his entire focus was on God's kingdom. So by all means you can have your personal sympathies, but you better not let those personal sympathies get in the way of of sharing the gospel. Does that make sense, Hunty? And so if I had sympathies to the Russian side, I would wanna I wouldn't want those sympathies to become so evident that it could get in the way of me winning a Ukrainian person to Christ or showing them Christ. And vice versa, if I had sympathies to the Ukrainian side, I wouldn't want it to get in the way of me being able to show a Russian Christ, because Russians and Ukrainians need to be are in Christ and brought out of those kingdoms into the kingdom of God which transcends every culture, language, tribe, colour and nation and that kingdom is put together by the blood of Christ and that is a precious thing. By the way that's another reason I won't shoot someone in a war because there's people who are saved by the blood of Christ on the other side trying to do what I would be doing, a medic. So serving their country, saving lives. That's it.
2: Next one. Indeed. Next question. Uh, this is a two-part question. Yep. A personal land for Christians. Do you personally vote, uh, Pastor Lloyd, and also should Christians vote? Yeah,
1: I vote. Why not? Yeah, exactly. But I don't make a big deal about it in church or on my social media. You, you, I'm not sure. Yeah, you probably do know who I vote for just because you know me so well. But I vote. Yep. And should Christians vote? Why not? I can't imagine why not. Okay. If, but if you feel strongly you don't want to vote, don't. It's, in Australia, you have to vote, but you don't. So you can go in mm. and you can just have a donkey, donkey vote. vote. That's or right. you can get a postal yeah. vote and send a donkey. So you don't even have to vote if you don't want to. Yeah. But my grandfather fought. He was not a Christian, not an Adventist. He fought in the Australian Infantry Force up in Papua New Guinea on the Kokoda Track. And he fought. So, and, I, and I think democracy is a precious thing. I think those Ukrainians fight because democracy is a precious thing. They want the ability to choose their own leaders. Yep. And so, yeah, I vote, but you don't have to. But I do take a bit of exception when you get Christians running around preaching and teaching, you shouldn't. That That's not biblical.
2: Mm. And for those of you who don't know the old donkey vote term, it just means you vote so badly it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that, No, No, never. All right, moving on. Uh, Do we know where the Garden of Eden was and what were Adam and Eve
1: dressed in before the fall? (laughs) Okay, that's a two-part question. It's a good one. It is. No, we don't know where the Garden of Eden is. We can guess. Some people believe it's over in Iraq or Iran, somewhere in that area. Wow. Reason being is because the rivers that are... Uh, the Euphrates, I think it's the Pihon, I'm trying to remember them There's four rivers and I think a couple of those rivers still exist And they're up in that sort of area oh, yeah. Other people will claim it's down in Africa But we don't really have a clue where the Garden of Eden was I would like to go there sometime I guess uh, maybe, where is the Garden of Eden? Was it taken back to heaven? I'm. I mm. guess it was, I'm not sure but I know that before the flood, there was an angel standing at the gate not led. So there was no atheist before the flood. <laughs> you doubt God, all you have to do is go up to the Garden of Eden's gates, which were still there till the flood, and there was an angel standing with a flaming sword guarding it. Wow. Uh, what do, were they? What,
2: yeah, what were they dressed in? We well, the Bible says the in
1: Genesis 2 they were naked and they were not ashamed. So it seems that in the Garden of Eden they weren't wearing clothes, but like, if you walk down the road naked, Hunty, you would be ashamed, and so would I, mate, to be honest. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I don't want you, to. You'd need your wielding goggles. It, it, look, some people say that they were dressed in light. Yes. Um, I don't know, and I tr- I, I, I've i studied that a little bit, actually, and the Bible's not clear on it. It just says that when they sinned, all of a sudden they realised they were naked and they were ashamed and God clothed them in skins. So look, in my, I can't prove this from scripture, but I tend to think they're probably dressed in light or something like that. I, but I don't know. Right.
2: Okay. Moving on. Oh, this is a sex question. Um, you might need to explain to our listeners who Bathsheba was. But was she on the sin with King David? Well, let's read she that was, again, mate. Yeah, I didn't hear it. Was Bathsheba in on the sin with King David? Because she was bathing on the rooftop, fully naked, in full sight of him.
1: Okay, um that's a story one of the saddest stories in the Bible. Bathsheba was married to Uriah who was a Hittite who was one of the mighty men in David, the king's army. You're talking maybe 1500-2000 years before Christ this story. Yep. David was probably the greatest military king of Israel that they ever had. He was a mighty warrior. And he'd got he'd been in battle. He was probably about my age, hunting, 55, yep. 58 somewhere around there. He'd been in battle and he'd almost been killed. And one of his mighty men had stepped in and saved him. They said to David, you're not going to war anymore. And they're having a shindig with one of the neighboring nations. And so they all went off to war in the summer. And David was left in the palace by himself. And he went up onto his roof one night and he saw Bathsheba, who was this beautiful woman, no doubt, Mm -hmm. bathing naked. But, and he, and he sent for his servant and said, who's that woman? And they said, well, that's Bathsheba, and she is the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Well, imme- immediately he-, he knew who she was. Yep. Because Uriah the Hittite was not an Israelite, was not a Hebrew, but when David was in the desert, he had come to David in the desert while he was escaping Saul. This was long before David was a king, and he was escaping the king before him. Saul was trying to kill him, was jealous of David. And Uriah had come and joined him in the desert as a rebel, gone right up through the ranks and fought his battles all his life. Yep. Anyway, to cut a long story short, David ends up sending a message to Job and says, "Put." It's 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 a sad story, and I'm cutting a lot of it out. But put yep. Uriah on the front line of the battle, then fall back and let him get killed. And that's what happened. David goes and takes his wife Bathsheba and marries her. And actually, Solomon, who followed him, was the son of Bathsheba and David. And and it brought great um. So hang on, great great sorrow on the nation.
2: So what you're saying is. King David put this guy in the front line of the battle, having killed so he could take his wife. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and the question from our listener was, was Bathsheba
1: in on this? I don't reckon she was. Okay. Number one, she actually was not, that question's wrongly framed. She was not bathing on the rooftop, and the Bible does not say that. Okay. It says that David was on the rooftop and saw her bathing. Okay. And he was the king. I can't know, and nor can anybody else, and no commentator has ever been able to know whether Bathsheba was in on it or not. We right. don't know. Chances are she weren't, she wasn't, and, it, and she wouldn't have had a choice. The king called for her. She had yeah. to do what the king wanted. Enough. But when you look at Bathsheba's personality later on, she wasn't a woman easily trifled with, right. and she was more than capable of seducing the king if that had been her call. Desire. And the reality is we don't know. But the bottom line is, don't look at somebody else's wife. Yep, nothing good ever comes from it. Yep, and that's the uh, that really is the the message of that story in the Bible for sure. All right. Well, uh, by man, the way, before you go, I've got to say this. Yes, I've got to say this. Yes, David's repentance, read Psalm fifty-one from that sin is beautiful, and it was after David's repentance, quite some time after David's repentance, that God looked down on David and said, "There is a man after my own heart." And I love that. Nice. David was able to find forgiveness in Jesus Christ, and we all can, even for those grievous sins, even for the sin of stealing your best mate's wife and murdering him. I don't think too many have done that. I often think when we get to heaven, what a reunion Mm. between Uriah and David. Wow. There's going to be tears and there's going to be forgiveness. Wow. It's going to be beautiful. And only Jesus can do that. Go on, mate. Yeah, that's heavy. All
2: right. Uh, Will men like Putin be judged for their sins and crimes
1: when Jesus returns? Most definitely. That's an easy answer. So too will you if you're not covered by the robe of Christ's righteousness, hunty. Right. Unless you are born again, have had a conversion to Jesus Christ, doesn't matter whether you're Putin, Andrew Hunt, or Lloyd Grolliman. or any of our listeners. If you don't have Jesus as your saviour, you will be judged for your sins, I think that question probably what a great question, yeah, that yeah. question probably is more in the sense: so will he be judged for attacking? Um, yeah, war crimes. The Ukrainians by God. Mm. Look, if he doesn't repent, most definitely God. I, I think. He, I, I think the war that he has perpetrated, we can argue about the rights and wrongs of it, but he's the one who ordered the attack. Mm. I think anyone who orders an attack and who perpetrates war is guilty of a great evil. I think the war crimes
2: court opened today. They've already started files and cases on this current war. It, it is.
1: War, doesn't matter whether Putin starts it or whether Bush starts it or whoever, war is a great evil. Mm. And those who perpetrate war and send millions of men and women to their deaths, they will have to account for that. But, you know, on the overall sense of things, so will all of us if we don't have a saviour. That's why i got Jesus as my saviour, so I don't have to pay for my sins. He already has. Just confess mm. them and mm. he'll take them. Pay the price for them. Alrighty, Let's move on. Is the Bible the only source of truth in our world? No, it's not, but I judge all other sources of truth by it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep, yep. There are lots of sources of truth out there. Nature is, is a source of truth. Sometimes, Hunter, you're a source of truth. Sometimes I read an article or whatever. There are lots of sources of truth out there, but to determine whether they're truth or not, I go to the Bible and I judge them by Scripture. Right. So the Bible is the anvil by which all other truth is judged by. Does that make yep, sense? Yep, that
2: makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we had this question before. Is there one true religion or is any Christian church okay? Yeah,
1: there is one true religion. True. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Those who, are, who have surrendered to Christ are born again and are covered in his blood. Mm, that's it. They belong to a kingdom of every tribe, nation, people and colour. On the planet, and everybody is welcome to it. Nice. Oh, so, yeah, there is. Hey, right, this next question is a beauty. Can I just say this though? So? I, I' sorry, I no, always, that, yeah. always do that. To That's you, all right. The question or not on whether you belong to that one true religion is a simple one. Am I a born again, converted follower of Jesus Christ? That's the important. If part. you do, you belong to that one true religion. If you don't, well, then you don't. Yeah, it's really pretty simple. It's very simple. Yeah. Okay. I totally agree. Yep. So,
2: this is about uh, the prophecies in the book of Daniel in the Bible. Yeah, we're getting specifically a few of, Daniel getting 11. 11.
1: <laughs> I can see this, question We're getting a few <laughs> yeah. of these today.
2: We are. Yeah. Um, is Russia the
1: king of the north in Daniel I don't know. 11? I don't know. I haven't got a is it possible? I don't know. don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't say yes or no. I've seen men and women try to unpack Daniel 11 and 12 for a long time. I've had people come up to me and say, oh, I've got this Daniel 11 and 12 worked out completely. I've got it worked out and you'll have to go. Well, I don't know, man. We're still studying those chapters and I haven't seen anyone come up with anything that I've found absolutely convincing. So is Russia the King of the North? Wouldn't have a clue. That's a disappointing
2: answer, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, well, but it's honest. That's true. This next question maybe should be for somebody else, but we'll ask you anyway. Do Seventh-day Adventists believe in abortion and do they perform abortions in their hospitals? Uh, Real question, that one.
1: Um, No, we don't. What did I say earlier on? Thou shalt not kill. Kill, murder. No, we definitely do not believe in abortions. Do they perform abortions in their hospitals? Well, there are hundreds of Adventist hospitals all around the world. I can't answer for those hospitals. I'm going to answer for our one in Australia. asked the CEO myself, you know this for a fact, and he said no, and I'll go with that.
2: Okay, very good. Okay, moving on. The Book of Revelation talks about one-third of the earth being killed just before the end. Are we about to see that? Is that pointing
1: towards nuclear war? Okay, that's Revelation 9, I think. Yep. On the plagues We've, We're just about to go into that now in Revelation. Yes, we seminar. are We're almost up to it Yeah we are
2: um, Can I give a plug for that? Yeah If you'd like to find the Aussie Pastor You can because it gives me time to think <laughs> If you'd like to find uh, the Aussie Pastor Revelation Series It's on YouTube That's the best place to find it All you have to do is type Aussie Pastor into the, the search box in uh, YouTube And there's a playlist called Revelation Series it's really, it's really interesting. Um, Lloyd has done a spectacular job of <laughs> interpreting out of the Bible. He just got a pay rise. <laughs> what God is saying very plainly. And I think you'll be blessed if you, if you watch it. Anyway, we're about to do chapter, I think eight or nine. Get or somewhere around there. So we're getting out towards 11, but the first, the first eight chapters have been really interesting for me. Anyway, back to your answer, Pastor Lloyd. Um, third of the earth being killed before the end.
1: In the context, it's in a figurative passage of prophecy.
2: What does figurative mean?
1: Um, Well, it's either real or it's figurative. Figurative means symbolic. Yep. Um, I would tend to think in that passage, without getting into it too deeply, it's a figurative symbolic thing. Um, But, you know, will there be nuclear war before the end? It wouldn't surprise me, you know, Hunty. I think we're crazy enough as human beings to do that. Yep. Um, I think people say, "Will there be nuclear war?" There's already been nuclear war. Yep. We let go two nuclear yep. bombs over Nagasaki and Hiroshima. I've yep. been to Nagasaki. I've seen what it did to that that yep. or Hiroshima. Same. Which one? I think it was Nagasaki. I've seen what it did to that city. Mm. We've already had nuclear war, so it's kind of a question that's mute because will there be nuclear war? Well, we've already had nuclear war. Will there be further nuclear war? I don't know. I hope and pray not, but you don't know. It's a crazy world we live in, Huntie. That's right. Well, last question.
2: How can I stay positive when there's so many bad things happening?
1: It's a simple answer, that one. Stay close to Jesus. You know, I say that we should be doing three things at the moment. Yep. We should be reading our Bible every day. Why? Because Jesus is there. You're going to get great comfort reading your Bible. I've been saying on my social media, on my Aussie pastor Facebook page, and I've been saying this a lot, hey, if, if you want comfort, in, if you're disquiet at the moment, if you're anxious a little bit and you're not happy about the way things are in the world, and I'm not hunty, mm. I'm upset about what's going on in, in, in Ukraine and Russia and Sudan and and uh, Chad and some of these other countries around the world that have these brutal wars going on. I don't like it. And and I pray about it in the middle of the night, I really do I, I think part of it is to comfort, to get comfort from God But also because I believe I've got an ear of God And when I'm asking him to settle things down in Ukraine and, 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 and Russia I've, I've got enough faith in him to know that he hears me And might just do what I'm asking um, But if you want comfort, get into the Bible And particularly read the stories of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John Read the Bible every single day. That's the first thing. The second thing is pray and pray continually. Yep. We should be people who are spending more time than we ever have in prayer. Yep. And if you're not spending time in prayer, you've got issues with what's about to happen in this world. And the third, third thing, and I've been saying this, Hunter, yep. you know it. I know it. Go to church. Do it. Find a Sabbath, keep in church, and go to church every Sabbath. Yep. Because why? You will. doesn't matter whether the the, 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 the preacher's boring or not. Or the worship service is hitting you. When you get there, you with other, this is what matters. You with other believers and you're worshiping God. Those other believers will encourage you. They will yep. open the Bible. You will learn more about Christ. And the Holy Spirit is in power where His people are gathered together. And a Sabbath keeping church, I think that's important. Indeed, because I think the Sabbath is going to become. We're going to look at this on this radio program in the next few weeks. Sabbath is going to become increasingly important over the next few years. So. The reason I say Bible study, prayer and church is because they put you in the presence of Jesus and if you're in the presence of Jesus, I can tell you that you're going to be a person of comfort
0: and peace. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: This uh, next girl is a friend of both of ours. Absolutely. I'm going to say it again. Anna Beden yes. was... A baby in my second church I went as a pastor She's a little baby girl And (laughs) she's grown up into a beautiful young
2: woman And she can sing And I love this next song It's entitled Because He Lives And she's put quite a quirky personal stamp on it Enjoy
5: And sent his son, they called him Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he lived and died, to buy my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove, My Savior lives, because He lives, I can face tomorrow, because He lives, all fear is gone. sweet to home
1: And energy. Love it. And vitality. Yes. Good music. Yep. Uh, thank you, um, Hunty, for choosing that great song. And who was that from again? That's Anna. our friend Anna Beaton. Yeah, from Queensland. That's right. But she lives in Victoria. She married a, I think he might even be a Victorian. So what a what a change, eh? To have to move from Queensland to Victoria. Oh the humanity. But then again I've had to move from Queensland to Sydney. What did I say to you the other day, I don't think I'm ever getting out of Sydney. No, I think it. I'm stuck here till I die or Jesus comes. <laughs> he gave us this city to evangelise, brother. That's it. So we better evangelize it. Simon, are you there? Good day, mate. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I was starting to wonder whether you're gonna make it.
6: <laughs> you, I, I know it was looking a bit shabby there wasn't it It was did, looking a bit sketchy
1: Did you get stuck <laughs> in the flood or something or what happened I, I, I got stuck in the in the wet weather traffic Hey are you alright out there at Windsor In your new we house some,
6: So far so good We'll see what happens hey? it, it doesn't go under Apparently not where we are Apparently it doesn't sink So that's okay. I'm hoping that proves to be true
1: I think you're about to get a workout over the next 48 hours
6: We'll, we'll uh, have to have to see how it goes, hey
1: Well uh, well <laughs> I, I, actually funny you say it I'm, I, after this radio program, I'm going out to defend my farm. The river was almost over the banks when we were out there shooting in the studio this morning, and I'm a little bit edgy because there's so much water already on the ground, and if we get what they say is coming from your state, Queensland, your state so it's your state now, uh, <laughs> we could be in trouble, who knows? Hey, welcome back, Simon. I'll just remind our listeners, you are the youth leader for the um, Greater Sydney Conference. I think you have about 80 or 90 churches you care for. Is that correct?
7: 106.
1: 106. It'll wow. be 107 soon because New Hope's about to become a church.
6: Yeah. Actually, you're probably right. It's probably 80 or 90 churches official, but groups, 106 groups.
1: 106 altogether. All together. So
6: New Hope would be included in that oh, okay. okay. already.
1: And you look after young – just remind us, how many young people do you reckon you look after?
6: I reckon we've got a few thousand floating around.
1: You know what? I, I actually reckon it's more. I reckon you've got 4,000. It's just they're not all at church. I
6: think that's probably roundabout correct, and I suppose if you include the the bunch in Sydney that haven't – I haven't heard of Jesus yet? Then we got a lot. <laughs> you got millions.
1: You know at New Hope actually, and Hunty, we're having an explosion of youth at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, we are. It's unbelievable, mate. We you know, had twenty have a, or thirty late teens there last Saturday. Well, we would. Have, well, yeah, youth, not teens. The teens are the young ones. These guys are in. The, you go and have a look at that youth sabbatical. There's twenty or thirty now, every, and they're sixteen plus. Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, I don't know what's happening. We don't know how we're doing it, but just thanking God. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people who are in churches who have growth in youth know what they're doing and how it happens. We don't know, Simon. <laughs> we haven't got a clue. Get us in for one of your seminars, mate, and we'll talk about church growth with you, church growth with youth. And we'll get up and we'll say, well, actually, we don't know what we did. <laughs> we can't tell you. Maybe prayer is, a, is the key to church growth with young people. I don't know. Um, might,
6: it might be this radio program.
1: Ah, uh, I think we prob- <laughs> probably got dad and mum. I think if you're relying on getting a dollar for every young person on the, listening to our program, I think the reality is, mate, you wouldn't have enough to money buy to, <laughs> to buy a um, train ticket to town. Oh, <laughs> good. But we get you on because I think you can talk to our parents, and they do listen. Um, few questions here. How do you think the Russia Ukraine war and the threats of nuclear holocaust impact impact our kids and youth? Or do they do, do they just miss it altogether?
3: I think it's
6: got to be there subconsciously. You know, the thing I've I've actually been watching and observing a few of them to see if there's any interest there. I think probably like a lot of us we're just kind of rolling on in our in our Aussie life over here where we're largely unaffected by the things that happen out there in the, in the other countries, but At the same time, there is a a back seat somewhere there that is ticking around in our minds thinking, hey, this is pretty wild. So that's my observation. Am I right? Am I wrong? Not sure.
1: Yeah, it's sometimes hard to answer that. Are they under pressure? Are young people under pressure? Just in life? Definitely. Yeah? What what, what, what is it? Is it education? Is it parents? Is it relationships? What sort of things pressure kids?
6: Well, I mean, it, I guess it just depends on the home that the young person's living in and what the focus is in, in the environment that they're in. But I think for some young people it could be education, especially if that's a high-held thing in the family mm. um, and they're at a high-end school or something like that. Um, for other young people, the pressure of social media and the bullying and all that sort of stuff that comes through that or just the idea of keeping up the image and, and, and winning people's approval I mean, when I grew up in school, we didn't have social media, but I still felt enough pressure just from trying to be cool with my friends. Mm -mm. But now these guys, they don't really escape it. Mm -mm. They go to school, they feel the pressure, they come home, the pressure's still there because there's that image to uphold. Um, So, you know, there's just the the, the -the run-of-the-mill things like that, I think, that kind of weigh on the hearts of young people.
1: Is there anything that parents or even friends like... Hunty and me and others, is there anything we can do to help them cope or are they kind of out there on their own?
6: Uh, I think we can come along beside them and just let them know that they're important. Um, how, how would you, you know, do
1: that practically? Like if, you, if, if you're if you in a church like ours, Simon, that has a number of youth and you don't really know any of them much, you know what, I'm the pastor, I don't know too many of them. I, I do know the key youth leaders, in fact I baptise them. Um, but if you don't really know too many young people, and your kids have left like a lot of us, a lot of us. Are, by the way, things are going well, Simon, um, with the baby, not far. Nine weeks. How many? Getting close. Five. Nine, nine weeks. Nine. 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 Yeah. Hey, you know what? every, and I've said this to you before, but you enjoy every single night of sleep that you're getting now, and you won't be smiling. <laughs> this, you are about to have a massive, massive change. You've got nine weeks of glory left and you will not get out of that until you get to 50 or
2: more <laughs> don't don't let him don't let him put any shade on this mate. i can tell you it was the best year or two of my life i had an absolute ball oh, with my newborn this is
1: mr perfect whose kids never cried no oh, they cried slept slept the whole night and they didn't sleep <laughs> and they were colicky
2: from day one we did not have an easy run but still it was the best time of my life
1: yeah, how do I help? Let's move on. <laughs> how, do we get, how do we help kids to cope when we're out of their, what I would call their sphere of influence? We're not their dad or mum. What do hmm. you
6: do? I think a lot of us are scared of kids. Yeah. Um, you know, when, Let's say, for example, at a local church, sometimes we're scared to, to walk along beside a young person and just say hello because we don't know how they're going to take us. And so we're actually a little bit nervous to, to move into that space. But at the same time, just to have an older person come along and take an interest in you, ask you how your school's going, ask you what you're interested in. And will get kids to re- know you.
1: Will they react pretty good most of the time when you do that? Most young people, are they're
6: polite. They'll have a chat with you um, and they'll let you know what's going on. And, and, and I believe, and I've seen people do this, if you do that consistently, let's say you're at a local church or something like that, um, you do that consistently with a young person, Give it a couple of months, you got a really good friend in that young person, and nice. they start to feel like there's somebody out there that cares about them outside of dad and mum.
1: Do you have to? A talk? guy who
6: does this really well is a yep. guy named Ken Long. Yeah, he goes to Caliville Church. Yep, he does this amazingly with young people, and and he wins them over.
1: Do you have to talk long?
6: No, not at all. Just a couple of minutes. Just ask them how they're going and 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 getting beside them, and um, I think. I think that's very impactful. Small thing, but very impactful.
1: Cool. Is the darkness of the world having an impact on the social well-being of our young people? And when I say darkness, it seems there's constant bad news across, you know, and they can't avoid that. If you're on social media even, which they are, you're going to pick up in snippets of the bad news all the time. Is this having an impact on them? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just talking Ukraine, um, Russia war. I'm talking things like even the job insecurity, uh, I'm talking about a whole, you know, a whole lot of that. Ne- they'd be sure hearing things like they're never going to own a house and all that sort of thing. Is this impacting them?
6: Yeah, I guess it probably depends on the age group. You know, I think I'm not sure how much the teenagers think about owning a house or or, or things like that. Definitely, probably those who are a little bit older, like late late teens, early twenties, stuff like that. Um, is is there an impact? There's definitely. I would say there's probably a mental health pandemic that is alive in our society and COVID has really just exploded why that. We, has,
1: why we, has COVID exploded that in young people? Is it the separation?
6: Well, um, I think that's definitely a huge part of it. Um, it's just that young people have not been able to connect. Not been. I think sometimes, you know, although the mundane of life can be mundane, we don't realise how much blessing and goodness there is in just going to school and seeing your friends. Or, or going to church on the weekend and hanging out and getting a blessing from being at church or, or going to the local sports club and doing that. And we've had, you know, two years of interrupted yeah. life. Yeah. And, and I, I do think that that has had an impact. We ran a young adults conference last year. Yep. We had a workshop on mental health. We had a workshop on all sorts of juicy topics. And the, the workshop that packed out was the workshop on mental health.
1: Wow. wow. Actually, I just read yesterday that suicide amongst young people is up 30%. What? Do we know why?
6: And when 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 are they saying since up 30%? Talk, since they're
1: talking specifically uh, in the last two years, since 2020, mm, that,
6: 2021. And, and to answer that one, I I couldn't say exactly why. I, I would imagine perhaps some of the disconnect that's there. Um, what I, I, I do know that... Since the invention of social media, suicide rates in young people, teenagers, etc., have gone through the roof. If you look at the research, is that because um, of the
1: constant pressure of having to perform?
6: Pretty much, and and just young people are looking for well, you know young people in life are looking for three things: belonging. They want to belong somewhere, and they want to belong regardless of whether they make mistakes and get stuff right or get stuff wrong. They want to know they're special. They someone cares about them. They're looking for identity. So that's. That's who am I, you yeah. know? And I think a lot of them are trying to find that identity off social media and things like that. And, 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 but what happens then when you put something out there on social media which you thought was going to get you likes, but it didn't get you likes. Instead, it got you, it got you bullying, absolutely throttled. Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah.
6: Bullied and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, now, imagine you're a young person that already didn't have super high self-esteem. Perhaps the situation at home is mm-hmm. really rough between mum and dad or maybe mum and dad don't even live together. You know, maybe you got some older brothers and sisters, but none of them really take much much interest in you, and those sorts of things. Before you know it, you're down and out, and and I just think it's just a reminder that any person we come across in life, you've got to be kind.
1: It's while well, I'm an old man now, but I know as a young man, it's devastating to lose one. My my best mate committed suicide, and I remember the trauma of it. I was in my early twenties devastating and and we don't want to see our kids getting depressed to the point where that's becoming a option for them do we Uh, if you've got a depressed child as a parent or even as a fellow church member and you see someone in the church is there anything we can do or is it something for the professionals
6: I think depression is a bit of a holistic thing and Probably as Adventists, that's where we got a bit of a head start. I, I think the professionals have definitely got their place to play the counselors, the doctors, the medication that's involved to give people a kick start. But you know, you also got to ask yourself well, what does a person need to have a healthy and, and happy life? Do they have people that care about them? Are they active? Yep. You know, are they getting outside and getting some sunshine? Are they sleeping well? Are they eating properly? Have they got a carrot, as my granddad would always say, something to look forward to?
7: Yeah,
6: you know those, those sorts of things. And I just think all the little basic bits and pieces of life that that bring us joy—that's um, so important. It's holistic, I think that,
1: isn't it? It is holistic. You
6: know, yeah, I think that's where COVID's caught us out because we we missed a fair bit of that yeah, in yeah. the midst of it. We didn't realise how much um, we actually enjoyed and missed that. It just things—the basic things of going to work and. You might have thought, oh, work sucks, but it's not too bad to go to work and talk to a friend or two.
1: Yeah. Do, do you, you work with hundreds and thousands of kids, really, young people, from really 10, younger than 10, right up to 30. Um, do you think our young people, our youth kids, even see a future?
6: I don't know. Um, I don't know how much they think about it, to be honest. But... Maybe that's a question that the par- the parents should, should ask them.
1: So do you think kids a lot of the time just live in the now? Yeah. Do they worry? Yeah. But not so, much, not, def- not so much about the future, more about things that are happening in the now? Yeah. So as parents and, and adults, we need to help them in the now rather than worrying too much about the future? Is that, is that what you're saying?
6: Well, I guess as parents and adults, we've definitely got to think to the future because that's important. But I think we also got to be right there with them in the now as well and help them to take a day at a time. And even for us sometimes it's best for us not to pull our hairs out like me about the future so much but more so about um, day to day with God.
1: Well, you know, Jesus did say that. He said "Today troubles are sufficient. Don't worry about Mm. the future. Just live your life day by day and it's probably pretty good advice, isn't it?
6: Yeah, I think it's I think it's great advice. You know, like the current situation around Ukraine and Russia, I could think of a million different ways that ends badly, but at the end of the day all I could do is wake up today and ask God, how can I be how yeah. can I be your person today?
1: Is is Jesus as you work with young people, is Jesus seen as an answer by them or is is it increasingly hard for them to even see him?
6: Depends on the age. I found um I found and this is something that I think is so important for us to think about. If you catch younger people at a younger age, Jesus is a big thing for them, you know, um, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-olds, all the way through to, like, our 15- and 16-year-olds. they got a huge interest in Jesus. You talk to them about Jesus, they're glued and they're excited about it. and, And, you know, we ran our Summer Fun Days recently. We asked young people to make a commitment for Jesus we had something like a hundred, close to 150 young people make a t- decision for Jesus. I have to pull out the exact. So they exact
1: they, they find him, they find him attractive. That's what you're saying. Very,
6: very attractive. I, I like. You, no one can tell me they don't because, like I said, easily a hundred, close to. A, I'll pull out the exact number one day, yeah. but I believe it was close to 150 young people saying, "I want to follow Jesus." Yeah. What I did find with them, the older they get, um, and you run programs like that, the less of them. Ah. will make that sort of decision. So, the, what the, the the
1: younger, so so when they make this, and, and this is going off course a little bit, but when they make decisions when they're young do, for Christ, are they likely to stick by them or not necessarily? I
6: think they are, personally. Okay, I think that if young people make that decision... Yeah, Ellen White actually talks about this in her writings. If you're into her writings... I'm into them, They're pretty good stuff. She she talks about him in, in her writings about how the younger years of 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 our kids and stuff is people are so influenceable and they're they're being formed and um you know personally myself I made a decision for Jesus when I was eleven or twelve yeah walked away from him when I was about sixteen through to twenty one and came back to him when I was twenty two yeah. Um, and it, it always stuck with me that I yeah. had chosen God, and I probably need to go and find Him again one day. So yeah. I, I think it does. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That, well, that's for those of you
1: who don't know, Ellen White was one of the founders of our church. Um, there might be some people listening out there who mm-hmm. never heard mm-hmm. her, and she wrote a lot of books. Um, just three more quick questions. As you travel around, and you're traveling a fair bit, I'll say what. You go to a different church almost every Sabbath, is that correct?
6: Different church or a different youth event all the time, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, how, how do you see youth seeing the church? Is it in a positive light, negative, ambivalent?
6: Um, just depends. You know, uh, again, the younger ones, as they're really involved in things like adventurers and pathfinders and that sort of yeah, stuff.
0: they love it, I don't
6: see they? Them, they love yeah, that stuff. Yeah. They've got a really positive view yeah. towards what's happening in those spaces and, and and that kind of thing. It becomes a little bit more difficult when they leave that safe space of being at home with mum and dad. They move out. Perhaps they go into university. A lot of their beliefs are being challenged, etc. Yeah. And, and they really start to question at this point the relevance of church. And the the challenge that we've got there Is that if the young people in that space Are not seeing our church as what it's supposed to be So this agent of the gospel of Christ That's leading people to Jesus That has followers that actually love him And want to serve him And you know this place where they do belong um, Unfortunately They can then start to see the church As just an institution that's not really with it
1: Do Um, Do our kids and our youth Look at us in the church?
6: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Do so they fact, judge they, the looking, church and Jesus by us and the way they see us behaving toward each other and even to them?
6: I, I think, I think they do, and I think they do more than they should. Yeah. I mean, for you, for you and I, Pastor Lloyd and Hunting in the back there. I mean, we committed to serving the church, and we don't really care if people give us a hard time or, true, if, true. or what goes wrong. We're we're sticking in and we're sticking in thick or thin sort of thing, but. For young people, you know, it's it's different. They're just not as. Uh, my understanding of this generation is they're nowhere near as loyal, and especially to the Adventist Church, as previous generations.
1: We've got and, our work cut out then. one
6: hundred percent, we have our work cut out. We we actually they actually want to see something real, and if we're not showing them that something real, it's a challenge for them to look past that and actually see um why they should stick around for you and i we can do that because we know there's so much good Mm. that can take place in this space sometimes that's a real challenge for our young people so it keeps us on our toes to be true to what we believe i think
1: i've always thought though in the end you know for our young people it was for you it was for me Hunty. yep there comes a time where you've got to meet jesus yourself yep you gotta doesn't matter you've got to meet jesus so last question um Maybe it's a bit open, but anyway, I'm gonna throw it at you. Is there anything we can do to help our young people see Jesus? I think you've already talked about a few things, but just in conclusion, what would your advice be to us oldies to help young people see Jesus?
6: Yeah, I've been thinking about this recently actually. Oh I know this is not a great illustration, but I was thinking about you know, that the guy in Ukraine there, he's the president. Yeah. I can't pronounce his name, I wouldn't have a chance of trying. Yeah. Um, I know what you're going to
1: say. Actually, now,
6: I, I, I guess I've been watching him as a leader, and I've just seen him in the trenches. Yeah, he's out there walking around. He, he's not in his fancy suit. He's got his. I think he's walking around with a bulletproof vest on, probably hoping not to get shot or something like that. Probably and I just sort of good, think to myself, probably a
1: good move, actually, to walk around <laughs> with one of
6: them over there. <laughs> it, it probably is, and I and I do feel for him. I very much feel for him, but I sort of think to myself. People would be looking to him in that country now, and I think some of them would be getting a bit of hope to say, "Hey, we got this guy that's standing up, and he's standing up here with us." Oh, there's
1: no doubt they're it, flo- they're flooding back there, mate, to follow this bloke.
6: Yeah, he's he's yep.
1: he's the real deal. He, he's authentic. He's, he's everything we're not seeing in our political leaders today. The Americans offer him a ride out. He says, "I don't want to ride. Just give me some ammo." And what what else did he want? He, you know, um, I think so. What you're saying is be authentic
6: be real I think that's that's the thing like could you could you imagine if our churches were filled with put, you know he, he's a military soldier at present yeah. but, but swap it around because like you I'm not exactly promoting the military soldier thing but s- swap it around and, 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 and look at yourself as a gospel soldier and ask yourself are you living like that guy are you in the trenches are you ready to take a hit are you are you putting your best foot forward and um, I think that's what resonates with young people. And if they, if they can see it in us, it's going to inspire them on 100%.
1: You know what matters? So, you know what matters, Simon? And I know this. We've got to, we've got to we're running out of time, are yep. But you know what matters? Because you kind of get a sense after looking at history that every revival the church has been through, every single one is led by young people starting with Jesus and his disciples. I think fair to say, Simon, we're young people. Is that a reasonable conclusion? Yeah,
6: I, I think it's probably a pretty biblical co- conclusion Yeah, based on what we can see. Mm. So, so
1: our young people matter. We should pray for them, support them however we can and love them. Perhaps unconditionally. We might talk about that next time because that's a big one, isn't it? How to love these it, kids unconditionally who are living in a different culture than us. <laughs> it, it,
6: it is a big one, and, and, and I would say if I could throw anything out there, is give them opportunities to serve. Yeah, You know, like we're talking now in our meeting today with my team, the youth team that I work in, and we talked about a youth and a ute without a load in the back can get a bit swervy, yeah. but if you put a load in the back of that thing, then it's going to have some weight on the ground and it's going to go a long way better, and I, I just think Love we've it. got to give them opportunities to serve, and that's that's what brings you to life, and it, it grounds you, and
8: yeah.
6: um, you know, we're not just interested in the church and keeping our young people so we can baby them like little chickens. We want to we want to get them out there as gospel soldiers. That's what we're after. Put them on so. the
1: front line and send them into battle <laughs> with our support. Pretty much. Hey, mate, love talking to you. I think we'll we'll get next time, We'll nine weeks, you reckon. Yeah. I don't know whether we'll try to get you before then or not. Um, <laughs> but certainly we'll get you back because I like to hear from you and I think our listeners like to get your perspective. For sure.
0: Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Awesome. Good to be with you. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor Here on Faith FM
1: Okay, Hunty, swing us right into
2: this song Alright, it's a Hallelujah Medley And it's by one of our favourite groups Called Anthem Lights
7: Man of sorrows What a name For the Son of God Who came Ruth sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a
4: sin.
1: hunty i I hope you did because you chose it that's right hey for the first time for a little while yes we haven't run short on time no we've got time for a bible study we actually have done it okay a mini bible study (laughs) yeah well they're 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 only mini bible studies that's how we work um one of the things i reckon we're going to need as we go into these end times with everything that's pulling us apart you know hunty I reckon we're living in a society that's trying to divide us. Yes, I think the media tries to divide us. Do you think that's unfair to say ah, that? I believe that more and more each day. And I see the pressure. And I know we're going back to this war between Ukraine and um, Russia. But let's even move on from that. Things like, and we've talked about this before, the division that has been brought about. By two vax or two not vax. Yep. And then you see, uh, you know, in my particular church, Hunty, I yep. have people with Ukrainian background. Yep. I have people with Russian background. Yep. And then you see there are two nations going to war and you wonder how does the fabric of the church hold together under stress and pressure, say, the vax or the anti-vax movement in your church or Ukraine v um, Russia. What would your answer be to that, Huntie? How do you hold the church together? What is the key? What is the secret?
7: Mm.
2: Well, Difficult, for, isn't it? Well, for, for me, because I'm, I'm a big believer that the church is, is not some kind of a, a country club for saints, but it's a rest home for sinners.
1: But you've got to have something that holds those sinners together, Correct. repentant sinners
2: Correct. together. The, the gratefulness to Jesus Christ. For the gift of salvation that he gave to us with his life. Do you reckon that's enough? Or do it keeps, you need keeps something keeps me going.
1: Or do you need something more? I'm sure you need more for sure. Let's have a look at this Bible passage in John chapter 14. We're going to only do um, five verses. I want you to read it through straight, Hunty. Sure. And once you've read it through, and Hunty will be reading from the NLT, but it doesn't matter. If you're at home, open your Bible up. Doesn't matter what version you're in. We love all the versions, Hunty. We do. Um, Open up and follow with us. If you're in the car or you can't, of course, don't. Just listen. but just hunty, listen, yeah. Read this for us listen, because listen I think... Listen carefully
2: because this text is quite complicated, I reckon.
1: I think he, herein is the key yep. to holding the church together, and I'm going to talk more about this on Sabbath wow. at New Hope a okay. lot more, and it's even a lot more powerful than this little Bible study. Go. alrighty. John 14, yep. verse
2: 6, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this
1: world has already been judged. Okay, it is complicated, and it is full of truth, this little passage. But what I'm trying to propose here is that if the church is to stay together, with all these things, and it's only going to get more intense that divide us, then each of us who are members of the church are going to need to have an experience, baptism, if you like, of the Holy Spirit. For sure. We will need the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our lives. And why? Well, Jesus tells us here why we have the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all what, Hunty?
2: Righteousness. No, no, verse 17. Oh, verse 7. 17. Do I have that? Oh, yeah. He is the Holy Spirit. He leads into all truth.
1: Yeah. Yep. He will lead you to the truth. And Jesus says, I'm going to go away, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples, when I go away, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. Now, who is the Holy Spirit? He's the third person of the Godhead. Yep. And he is the one that's going to tie the church together and keep the church together under incredible tension and pressure and stress with forces outside trying to divide us in these end times. It is the Holy Spirit that will keep the church together. Nice. Because he is the third person of the Godhead. And when he comes into your heart and into your mind, he leads you to the truth. Yes. And it's not just... The gospel truth is found in the Bible. It's the truth on everything. Now look at this. Yep. If you've got two people in the church, one's a vaxxer or one's an unvaxxer. Yep. Is that anti-vaxxer? Anti-vaxxer, yep. If you've got two people in the church, one has a Russian background and the other has a Ukrainian background. Or if you have two people in the church and one is, uh, Hutu and the yep. other is Tutsi. Or if you have two people in the church and one is Australian and one is New Zealand and they're about to play All Black Versus, yep, yep, no, yep. I'm that. that's frivolous. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is we're going to have people, you and me know this hunting in the church, who have different backgrounds, cultures yes. and expectations yep. in life. Yep. The only thing that keeps them together is the Holy Spirit who is leading each one of them to the truth. Yep. Do you get it? I got it. The truth on everything. Yes.
2: The truth on everything. you built in moral compass even.
1: Yes. It is the Holy Spirit that leads, guides, and directs his people. Yes. So if you and me, Hunty, if you're a Russian and I'm a Ukrainian and we have this massive difference where we've got our two countries tearing into each other, and we go to the same church and we used to sit next to each other, there is a great potential for there to be great strife between you and me, right? Correct. There is. It's natural. Yep. You're born in Russia. This is an example. Yep. You're born in Russia. I'm born in Ukraine, and our people have gone to war, and there's injustices and awful things coming from both sides. Yep. But the one thing that holds you and me together as brothers and sisters in Christ is you have the Holy Spirit, and what's he doing to you? He's talking to you. In your Bible study, in your prayer, he's leading you into the truth. The truth is, Jesus says, and we are all one in him. Amen. Now, that's happening to you. Guess what's happening to me? Same thing. Exactly the same thing. And the power of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit inside of you, transcends every cultural, every national background any of us have. And that's what it means when Jesus says, I'm calling you out of the world yep. into my kingdom. I put the Holy Spirit inside of you, and then you know what then? You will walk together right through to the end as brothers. And I believe we're going to see more and more examples of that power in the church as we career into end times. Yes.
8: to my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak at all, I can only imagine, yeah. Is forever, forever worship you. I can only
1: imagine. I can only imagine. Soon we won't have to imagine, Hunty. It's true. The way this world is, Jesus will have come. Yep. And we're going home. Yep. But until He comes, my appeal to you is to ask the Holy Spirit into your heart and into your mind to baptize you, to possess you. He's the third person of the Godhead, hunty, and he's the one that's going to help us through all these times of division where everything Satan can throw us will rip us apart from each other, destroy the church if he can, hunty. Mm. But when you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you, mate, guess what? we're going to be okay. That's it. Because he draws us together while the world is ripping us apart and he is more powerful. If you want to know more about this, come to New Hope. Yeah, this Saturday. 10 o'clock. Yeah. Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. For Samuel Place. The Life
2: Anglican Church. We'll be there looking for you.
1: 10 o'clock. We love to see you there. And we're going to talk more about this very important subject as God holds the church together through the Holy Spirit in these last days. Let's pray. Father in heaven, be with us now as we close this program. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that's been with us, and we pray for the Holy Spirit to be in our hearts, in our minds, and in our souls so that we will be drawn together. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My name's Lloyd Grollman. I'm an Aussie pastor. My name's Hunty, and I love you. We do love you, but Jesus loves you you so so much much more.
2: See
0: you next next time. time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.